Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amiibos. Microphone check, one, two. We are back. Another week, another episode of the Me Bros Podcast. I'm one-third of the Me Bros. I'm your host, D-Mart, here with my brothers, my dear brothers, Jaredman85, JDZ. How are we feeling, fellas? Man, I'm I'm feeling really, really good to uh, to know that my Texans won't lose this week. Uh, we are guaranteed not to lose. We are on a bye. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a guarantee. Uh, Jared, we will... Jared, 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 don't get ahead of yourself. You guys could always make a bad trade and lose. Well, we did catch COVID this week already, so hey, maybe we <laughs> lost to the bye. I don't know, but it's it's a good week, man. We we are uh, we are about a week away from um, hopefully um, some change, some necessary change in this country. I, I'll leave it at that. So I'm pretty excited, man. Pretty excited. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. a lot yeah. going on right now, Jimmy. How you feeling, bro? I'm good, man. I give pound to my man with the right hand because I keep the sprite in my left hand, so. Did you push the button because uh, you don't want to hear it? <laughs> you let it go when you want to hear something? If, you, if you're not over 30, you will not get the reference. If you're over 30, you probably still won't owe McDonald's commercial. But, yeah, uh, feeling good, man. Wait, feeling good. My boys wait, 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 Jeremy. It's an old Sprite commercial. There was a McDonald's Sprite commercial. No, that's what he's talking about. I, I He's talking about making this sound. I, I, hit, I hit the button when I don't want to hear it, and I let it go when I want to hear something. Yeah, but it was a, it was tied to the McDonald's, though. This oh, is how we throw away in the studio, freestyle with Sprite, your Adoresco. First thing first, first obey your thirst, Sprite, all right? Yeah, I, 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 I threw it back there. Anyway, uh, feeling great. Damon, I know that was a waste of 30 seconds. You'll never get back in your life. I apologize. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was just trying to wait till you guys finish, but uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight, fellas. That's what she said. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> I missed the the, the twizzes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got a lot to get into tonight, guys. Let's go ahead and 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 start. Um, first of all, let's let's uh, give a shout out to you guys for tuning into us another week. We appreciate you guys um, for uh, tuning in, and for some reason, I am not able to get to the pre. But I'm here now. All right. Russell Wilson uh, throws three interceptions and they lose to my boy K1 and Arizona Cardinals. Really good game. Um, do you think this had uh, uh, is going to have an effect on his MVP status? I don't think so. But uh, let's talk about it. Let's start with you, Jared. Well, look, I think right now Russell should still be in the lead for MVP. He's played so well. And even in this game, he threw three touchdown passes that were just, I mean, the, the one, him and Tyler Lockett are like attached to the hip or something with their minds. Literally, there is this wavelength of like he threw some passes where I'm I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like, I mean, it's nothing you do with that. I mean, Patrick Peterson literally is draped on top of him and he he throws the ball to the moon and it just drops in perfectly. Uh so he he's playing unbelievable football. But what I will say is he opened the door back up for a couple guys. Um, look, man, I think although we, we know the reality is, is Tom Brady as good a quarterback as Russell Wilson or playing as good as Russell Wilson right now? Of course not. But when you start looking at MVP awards, it's a lot about narratives. And Jared, I swear, if you say Tom Brady is close to the MVP, I will. Um... Let, let, let me, let me finish. A lot of it's about narratives. And there's a lot of people who are going to look at it and say, 
you see what Tampa Bay looked like last year? And do you see what they look like right now? Now, although they have added a significant amount of talent, Tom Brady with his numbers with 18 touchdowns and four interceptions, um, it is going to look very impressive. And if it, if it boils down to Russell Wilson and Tom Brady at the end of the season and their numbers are at all comparable. And I'm not even saying they have, because there's a lot of stats to tell you that Tom Brady hasn't been excellent this year. His completion percentage is like 20 something. His QBR is like 16th. Like there's a lot of numbers you can look at and say, all right, his numbers are, but if you get to the end of the season and they have a similar amount of touchdowns and a, a similar amount of interceptions and, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers end up with a better record, which I think they will than Seattle because I think Seattle is in the toughest division in football. He's opening the door up. And one of the things, if you're Russell, if you have that lead early in the year, you don't need to open it up on primetime. In a primetime game versus the Cardinals where you throw three interceptions, including one in overtime that loses you the game, that was not a good look for his MVP case. Jerry, I'm going to point out one thing. First off, I'm not sure they're in the best division in football. I'm not sure they're in the best division in the NFC. First off, um, let's go. Let's go there. I mean, obviously the Falcons are terrible, but they really should be like five and one. I mean, <laughs> they took like every game. Jerry, Jerry, put this but, in perspective. The, the last place team in that division is four and two. Four and three, but uh-uh. um, 49ers, four and two. They lost three times. Um, the no, no, they, had a lost, they lost to the Eagles, and they, they lost, lost to the, the Cardinals. Cardinals too, and the Dolphins. Oh, Car- Cardinals. So, so their worst team is four and three then. So yeah, but I mean, if you look at their third, I mean, the Cardinals lost to the Panthers, who's the third best team in the NFC South. So I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that definitively they are, but I'm not going to just go out and say that they're the best division in, in football. They might not be. Uh, they're the deepest. I'll give them that. But overall, do you heard of the MVP odds? No, Russell Wilson is so far ahead right now. Um, now if he has a couple more games like that, obviously he will. The issue is there's nobody who's played flawlessly this entire season anyway i mean you talk about tom brady tom brady's got how many pick sixes three um exactly if you look okay so he's got two pick sixes um he's not going to win his division to, to begin with so i mean he's not even really going to be in an argument to begin with honestly i would say drew Brees at the end of the season will have a better argument than tom brady will but um i think russ wilson is going to run away with it the only person i think that has a chance of, of catching him is going to be either Patrick Mahomes or, or uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has looked phenomenal outside of the game that he played against Tom Brady's team, who may has the who may have the best defense in football. Um, time will tell. I think it was more just an off game from the Packers. Um, but overall, I think Russell's pretty set in what, he, what he's doing. Uh, shout out to DK Metcalf for running, um, you know, hawking a dude down from that far away. I would feel like, um, and obviously I know better, but, I would feel like with that big of a head start, I should be able to make it to the end zone. And uh, Buda Baker couldn't even do it. So uh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, and, and like you said, Tyler Lockett was going off. Uh, and shout out to your boy, Jerry Isaiah Simmons, who finally got some playing time and got a good, uh, made a big play. So um, I think Russell had a, had a bad game. Maybe he's got some demons he still needs to exercise. That is the, um, you know, the place where the Malcolm Butler play happened. Um, but, you know, I think he's firmly in this position. His defense is terrible, which everybody notices on a regular basis, and they're still going to be really, really good in winter division, and Tom Brady's team is not. Well, Jeremy, I, I will say this. You say they're not even winning their division, but they we're, we're looking at it at this point. Tampa Bay is in the lead in the division, and if you're looking well, at – Well, they're in the league because they play one like more the game. If you're looking at sure. – <laughs> Sure, but also uh, if, if you – 
if you want to look at it and say, all right, has this, I think Russell Wilson should be in the lead right now, but uh, I, I do think they're going to have, they're going to lose a lot of games because that defense isn't good. And uh, I know you can say the Cardinals, they lost to the Panthers and, and the reality of it is though, I mean, the, you can look at it and say the Saints lost to the Raiders. Like I think you can have a bad game on the road and, and, and take a L. But I think when you look at the MVP odds, Tom Brady's creeping up there. Um, and, and so I think that's one of the things that I, I don't think he should be. But um, he's fourth on the board right now. He went from plus 3,300 to plus 1,200. Um, That's because a lot of people are betting him. Let me throw, let me throw the, the dark horse in. And I forgot to mention this. The dark horse actually is Big Ben Roethlisberger. They're undefeated. Um, he had another decent game before throwing those picks, but the, this week they play the Ravens. That's going to be a very, very high-profile game. If they're able to win that game and get to seven and zero, and then go to prime time to play against the worst defense in the history of football, the Dallas Cowboys in prime time to get to eight and zero. Oh man, the 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 big big bid for MVP uh, odds are going to shoot through the roof. Um, I could see that happening as well. Yeah, but so. Jeremy, you you gotta put some respect to my boy Brady name, man. Like he's playing unbelievable I, I right won't. now. Uh, I won't. It's, um, it's a great story too. You gotta think about it. Goodell would love to give Brady the. That's what I said. We love to Tom, Tom Brady right now is the third best quarterback in the NFC South. Let's let's be That's honest. Crazy. Speaking of, uh, let's segue uh, into uh, my next topic, which is uh, who do you guys feel like is the best team in the NFC right now? Um, I saw the 49ers play really, really. Uh, solid game. I feel like they're probably my favorite right now in the NFC. But uh, let's start with you, Jeremy. Who, do you, who who's your favorite in the NFC right now? Damon, I, I I don't want you to look at what happens to the Patriots right now as proof of uh, a team being good because the Forty Nine are trash. Uh, they've got the maybe the best coach in football, so they're very well prepared. Um, they're on like their eighth string running back. They have absolutely no defensive line whatsoever. Their offensive line is mediocre at best. Um, I, I don't know. What I think watching. they're going to get exposed when they play this team. I don't know what he's watching. Wait, wait. wait what am I supposed to see that that was good? I mean, they're they're very well schemed. I'll give them Dude, that. They, I mean, they are. They they play hard. They pound the ball. They got this Wilson Jr. guy who runs like. Uh, We're Adrian talking about the same team that lost by lost by almost forty to the Dolphins two weeks ago, right? That's three weeks ago, and they they had a, they had a bad week. But didn't they just dominate the Rams? <laughs> didn't they just dominate the Rams? The, I don't think the Rams are good. The, 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 I don't think the Rams, the Rams are good just either. Be, Jeremy, you can't say, "All right, I'm going to discount." Jeremy, the Rams beat the Bears. What? I don't think the Bears Jeremy, are good Jeremy, outside of Jeremy, outside of beating the Rams. But Jeremy, you, what you can't do though is say, "Oh, well, isn't that the same team that got beat by this by this team?" And then when you talk about the Saints, and be like, "Oh yeah, but didn't they get beat?" pretty convincingly versus the Raiders and you just be like, oh, it was just one game. Like you can't play I mean, it both ways. I mean, the, no, I no, I can. And the reason why is because that game was competitive. The Saints lost by seven. There's a difference between losing by seven and losing by 38. There's a big difference. Um, if you're looking at basically the, the Saints, I don't think the Saints are playing the best football right now. Um, I would look at the Saints and say the Saints have – uh, I, I'm the most confident about the Saints, mainly because the Saints defense tends to turn around at the end of the season every year, although I am not at all satisfied with what I'm seeing from the secondary. I don't know what happened to him. Um, I feel like Von Bell, even though, you know, he, maybe he was overlooked last year, but they replaced him with Malcolm Jenkins, and Malcolm Jenkins has not been the same player that Von Bell has been. Uh, Marcus Williams has been really shaky, and uh, C.J. Garner-Johnston has literally been the worst uh, 
player I've ever seen in my life. Dude has been awful um, back in back in coverage. But uh, Marcus Davenport came back last week through two weeks. Um, he is, uh, I think, the second highest rated defensive player in football. And he came back after, like, basically being out with an elbow injury and stuff for about a month. So um, I look for him to continue to improve. Cam Jordan hasn't really gotten off to the to the sack start that I like to see, but uh, Trey Hendrickson is going off. Cam Jordan's going to start going off, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if we make a make an addition to the defense. So for our team, I think the thing that we got to you know that we have going for us is that as much as has been made about Drew Brees can't throw the ball anymore, and you know, oh man, what, what's going on with Michael Thomas and all this? There's four teams in the league that have scored at least three touchdowns in every game, and the Saints are one of them. And I'll tell you what, Tampa Bay is not. So um, looking at teams, the Rams, you brought up the Rams. The Rams beat the Bears. I'll give them that. Congratulations. Outside of beating the Bears, they beat all four teams in the NFC East. I don't, I don't believe in them. Um, the Cardinals are, are solid, um, but I don't really believe in the Cardinals either. I don't really think anybody in the NFC is that good. Um, and that's why I have more confidence in, in the Saints, mainly because I don't think that you have, you're going to have to beat a great team to get out of the NFC. I think most of the talent is in the AFC, and once you get to the Super Bowl, anybody can win. I mean, I, I will say this, Jeremy. Do I think the NFC is great at the top? No, but they're deep. And here's the thing that I think the, you, you're going to tell me that, oh, no, the Bucs aren't that good and everybody's overrating the Bucs. Here's what I will tell you about the Bucs. The Bucs are the team with the least amount of flaws. If you look at what the Bucs do really well, they rush the passer. They have a pass rush that can get home even without blitzing, and they blitz. Uh, they have probably the best linebacking core in football when you look at Levante David and Devin White, who right now is one of the candidates for, for Defensive Player of the Year. They have an ability to be able to uh, stop the run. They're the best run-stopping run, run stopping team in the NFL. And then at the end of the day, they have an offense that has more weapons than anybody else in the league. I mean, we're looking at a team with three. Count it. One, two, three. <laughs> Pro Bowl wide receivers on the roster, and so if you're 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 dealing with a team with this, and, and I, I mean the Cowboys with, defense has six Pro Bowlers. That doesn't mean they're uh they're Pro, Jeremy, Pro Bowl Pro caliber Bowl, anymore. Here's it. Well, Chris Godwin and uh, Mike Evans made the Pro Bowl last year, and Antonio Brown. What last Mike Evans saw this season? At least the NFL in touchdown receptions. Was he at like a hundred yards? He didn't have any yards through seven he, games. So he's got 318, but how many touchdowns does he have? Like seven? He's got so, six. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not. Yeah, so I mean, he's, he's, he's been a very good Jimmy Graham. So all, all I'm telling you is this, though. As much as we, we, we can look at it and say, oh, yeah, well, you know, if, if you know, these guys are, could be better, whatever. The reality is this you got a situation to where there is going to be nobody that has the amount of talent they have on offense. Antonio Brown, last we saw, was arguably the best receiver in football. Um, you got Gronk, who last week and the week before looked amazing, looked like vintage Gronk. And then you throw in, all right, they got Ronald Jones, who's third in the league in rushing. They got uh, Leonard Fournette, who's now all of a sudden looking, you know, catching a ton of balls on looking like he's a, a versatile weapon. And I, I just don't see any team, like if you, if you go through the rest of the teams, the Saints defense has looked sketchy this year at best. You got the Packers who, whenever they play a physical team, they, they've tended to get punched in the mouth as they did last year when they played the 49ers and they played a lot of other, other rosters. Um, 
you look at a team like um, the 49ers, they have a lot of injuries on their defensive line, even though to say they have no no defensive line stars is, is silly, but um, they've had some injuries there. You look at the Seattle, their defense is historically bad. They're looking at giving up some of the most yards in the history of the league. So you start going through all the rest of the rosters, and I would tell you my concern is not really about, you know, how how good – you know, Tampa Bay is, it's who else in that doesn't have a glaring flaw. And I think that's really what it boils down Jerry, to. Jerry, but you, you, brought, you brought up, you brought up how much offensive talent they have. But I mean, if you're really looking at Tampa Bay, they've played one decent defense all year. Only one top 10 scoring defense they played. And those are the bears. And they got shut down. Um, they look like what they look against the saints. The saints have a really good rushing defense. Basically Ronald Jones has gotten going. And they feed off of the run game, and he's able to pass off of that. When the Saints shut down Ronald Jones, what they do? He threw two picks and a pick six. The Panthers have a solid, Jeremy, a solid Jeremy, run that game. That was the first. That was the yeah, first one, game. That was the first game of the season with no training camp or with okay, little Jeff, training camp and no preseason games. Okay, so we'll we'll get a big test. First off, this is their this is their schedule coming up. So they play the Giants. So they got a bye this week. Um, even though the Giants' defense is decent. Then they play the Saints. Then they play at Panthers. Then they play the Rams. Then they play the Chiefs. Then they got a bye. And then they play some bums after that. But um, in the next, you know, six weeks, five weeks, we'll get to see. We'll get to see who the Buccaneers actually are. I agree. I agree. I mean, all right, I, all right let's keep it moving. I think it boils down to this, though. I got real quick. One last thing I'll say is this, Jeremy. At some point. You're going to have to give Tommy Brady his respect. I mean, Thomas Patrick, or Th- Thomas Edward Patrick Brady, or whatever his name is, uh, we, we got to give him his respect at some point. You've been hating on him for long enough. Yeah, I mean, we're still talking about the guy who threw for 166 yards last week, right? Or the week before last. I mean, we, yeah, there's, there's, this, there's this theory out there that Tom Brady has been excellent. And he's been, he had a good game against, against Vegas, but he's the third best quarterback in the NFC South. Uh, let's keep it moving. Let's talk about another uh, <laughs> old head that is uh, definitely playing some good ball right now, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, they just took down the Titans uh, this past weekend to stay undefeated. Um, let's start with you this time, Jared. Are uh, are your Steelers or your your firm your former uh, town or place of residence? Are they a threat um, uh, to 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 kind of face Kansas City in the Super Bowl? I, I really don't think so. Um... Look, I, I think they're they're a threat in the sense that could they win on a given day? Yes. I, and one of the things that we've seen um, from Pittsburgh is their defense is legit. Their pass rush, they can create havoc um, without having to use any additional blisters. And if you're going to be if you're going to be Kansas City, uh, the, the way to do it is going to be. Can you get home with the pass rush? Um, TJ Watt was my preseason pick for defensive player of the year. He has not let me down with that, that prediction. I'm not sure if he's in the lead right now, but he is playing excellent. Um, I, I said that I still thought that you, you had Bud Dupree coming off, a, coming up on a contract year where I'm actually hoping he comes to the Texans, but as an outside linebacker who gets a ton of pass rush, um, and, and Cam Hayward still one of the best nose tackles in football. He can get pressure. Uh, he can stop the run. And then you 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 know they had a, a injury on their linebacking core with Devin Bush going out um, with uh, but it was an ACL. But even last week versus versus Tennessee, they were able to for the most part hold them in check until Big Ben started throwing interceptions, and that 
is the point. Um, Jeremy, you talked about Ben Roethlisberger being the you know possible MVP if he if he gets it going. My my main problem is this: Ben hasn't really played great this year. Everybody's kind of overlooked it because they keep winning games. But if you look at his numbers, he's thrown. Sounds like somebody plays in Tampa. No, here's the thing though. I'm not. I'm not telling you that he's he's not. He's still a great quarterback. I mean, he's got he's got 13 touchdowns, four picks, and 99.6 quarterback rating. So I'm not telling you he's been bad. But what I'm telling you is he's still got that tendency of turning the ball over or making some throws that make no sense. I mean, at the end of that game, to throw the interception, the third interception, when in reality you're already in field goal range. Um, it was, I, I thought it was a terrible decision and they got somewhat lucky in the fact that the kicker from, uh, the Titans just missed another field goal or they could have lost that game in overtime. And when it boils down to playing versus Patrick Mahomes and that offense, now they've added Le'Veon Bell who looked really good. Like I thought he looked when he got in the offense, um, and the ability of Kansas city now to start running the ball to try to keep that clock going. I think they have a shot, but if you're telling me a team that's, that's more suited to beat Kansas city, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a team that can um, get the pass rush, but also can protect the ball. I think um, I, I think I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, Jeremy. I think the team right now in the NFL has got the best chance of beating Kansas City is going to be Tampa Bay. Uh, that, that, that's kind of my thought process right now. Just, that, that's so silly. Like people, I agree. This, this is literally the most overrated two-game winning streak in the history of the world. Like they literally just lost to the Bears. Three weeks ago tomorrow, and Nick Foles and the Bears team is like, uh, I think they're five point underdogs against the Saints at home this week. I mean, like we're, they just lost to that team, but yeah, they're 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 Super Bowl favorites. I'm sorry, I don't I don't get it. Um, they already first off, but Mike, Jeremy, didn't, didn't they I'm not gonna go back to the, the Saints? The, but didn't they stop the same Raiders team that that beat the Saints last week? Uh, they didn't stop them. They were up four in the fourth quarter, and then the Raiders made some turnovers. So uh, it's, a, it's a little different. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Saints haven't lost since week three. They lost in week six um, So or week five. So ov- overall, I look at it as, um, you know, you already saw what happened when they played this last time. We pretty much own them. Todd Bowles' defense. You brought up their offensive line and defensive line. Here's the problem. Their offensive line can't block our defensive line. Their defensive line can't get any pressure on our offensive line. So um, <laughs> we beat them up front every game. That's why they have no chance against us. As good as Levante David is and uh, Devin White, they have absolutely no chance against the best running back in football in Alvin Kamara. And you got to think about we've been doing this without the best receiver in football who's going to be back very soon. So, um, you know, by the way, I want to point this out. I don't want to stick on the Saints too long. There's an undrafted rookie named Marquez – Callaway on the Saints. He had eight catches for 75 yards last week. He looks like a stud. And the fact that you're able to make the roster and get playtime not being drafted in a season where there is no preseason and really you're just going into a training camp going, hey, I'm trying to make the team based on practice. You got to be pretty impressive. And so there's some articles written that Sean Payton pretty much saw this in in, uh, in training camp and, and knew it was going to be a star. So uh, look at him being the next uh, – he might be the number two over Emmanuel Sanders by, by the end of the season. Real real quick on your team, Jeremy, since you want to brand them up. Uh, Damon, have you heard about Michael Thomas and the reports that are coming out about him? So, No, I haven't. Mike, Mike Thomas, his Twitter handle is Can't Guard Mike. Um, 
that's his Twitter handle. But according to uh, the reports, there's a lot of people who do not like Michael Thomas in that locker room. And so the, that the nickname that they give him in the locker room is can't stand Mike. Um, because apparently that there, there has been several situations where they said that, and, and, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, he's super competitive, but there was a, there was a situation apparently where he got into a shouting match and said some ultra personal things to Sean Payton in an argument, um, that, that there's, there's some people who, who, you know, there was a report that came out that said that, Hey, they could be, you know, the saints could be interested in making a move. And then Sean Payton came out and denied it. But the reality is this, that diva wide receiver mentality. I mean, he's, he's, he's Keyshawn's, Keyshawn's, uh, nephew. I mean, and, and maybe first, the, first the off, didn't fall let's, too let's, far let's not get the, into like the, the old diva, the, the, let's not look at the diva wide receiver thing. They, they basically say he's the hardest worker on, a, um, in the, on a team. That has Drew so Terrell Owens. Um, Terrell Owens is great. Terrell Owens is literally the most but, productive wide receiver outside of Jerry Weiss history. Yeah, but I mean, Terrell Owens had more problems than Michael Thomas had. He had deeper, deeper issues. Michael Thomas is literally just, I mean, he's kind of arrogant and and uh, and uh, competitive. But overall, I mean, he's the best wide receiver in football. So. Uh, at the end of the day, Michael Thomas is going to be on the Saints for infinite years to come. And uh, as Sean Payton said, he said he said basically the outsiders. Uh, you know, they said some insiders that think they can be traded. And he said, yeah, those insiders are all on the outside, like they, like they need to be. So he's not going anywhere. All right, let's keep it moving, fellas. Uh, devastating injury uh, from my boy OBJ. Uh, shout out to him. Hopefully, hope for a speedy recovery for him. But he tore his ACL. Um, do you think we're on the uh, the backside of, the, uh, of OBJ's career, Jeremy, or do you think uh, he'll bounce back from this uh, pretty pretty devastating injury? Um, I feel really bad for for OBJ. I mean, it's it's a devastating injury. He's twenty eight years old, probably be thirty before he gets back to being himself again. Um, and, and you know, obviously, I don't want to come off as cruel, but we've been on the backside of OBJ for the last four years. I mean, I, I don't I don't understand why. You know, people still think he's an elite receiver. He hasn't been an elite receiver since his third year in the league. He is somewhat similar to what Des Bryant became his last two years in Dallas. Uh, he's a better route runner. He's obviously more athletic, but he's hasn't shown himself to be versatile enough. And I know people are going to blame Baker Mayfield, but the second he went out of the game, Baker Mayfield started completing passes all over the field. And I'm not here to say Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback because he's not. But I've seen DeAndre Hopkins – an actual Hall of Fame wide receiver, do it with T.J. Yates and Brock Osweiler and, and company. Um, and then when he had good receivers and DeAndre Hopkins and um, your boy Kyler, uh, he's continuing to do it. So I've seen guys who are able to get open and, and make plays. And honestly, for somebody who can make every one-hand catch in the book, I've, I've always felt like he drops way too many passes. So – um, you know, wish him a speedy recovery, but I don't think you're ever going to see um, what we saw the first couple years of him being in New York. It is disappointing because for somebody with that kind of talent and that kind of, you know, le- that level of explosion, um, you know, you, you want to see it fully blossom, but I feel like he's going to be, um, you know, maybe the one of the greatest wide receivers who never was um, or who wasn't for long enough. So, Here's here's the reality. All right, Jared, what do you think about this OBJ injury? 
Jeremy Jeremy has not been a fan of OBJ for years. Um, I feel like this is like the the Jeremy topic show because Jeremy has not been a fan of OBJ and Jeremy has not been a fan of um, Michael Thomas. I not Michael. I'm sorry, Tom that, Brady. That's, that's not really fair. Um, it's not that I haven't been. It, it, it's not that I haven't been a fan. It's that I thought that OBJ was overrated. Uh, as far as Tom Brady, I think Tom Brady is is the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm not trying to take away from Tom Brady, but this this notion that he's actually played good and that they're going to be they're like the contender after two good weeks of football um, is is completely nonsense. Well, well, no, Jeremy, Jeremy, we all said we thought they were contenders all year, and then you're the one who was like uh, they would go seven and nine. I think you predicted. I said they were going to go nine and seven and had a chance to be the seven seed. Yeah, yeah, and that that seems um, quite quite uh, adventurous. But well, I'll say this about OBJ: it depends on where OBJ lands. I think OBJ is still an elite wide receiver in this league. I think what's what we're seeing right now is a receiver who, I mean, to to be quite frank, hasn't had a quarterback. I mean, Eli Manning at the end of his career, Eli clearly wasn't the quarterback that everybody thought he was. Um, or at, at one point he was. Um, Baker Mayfield is one of the least talented quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, let, let's just be, uh, as the young folks say, 100. Like they, they, Baker Mayfield is not, um, I mean, even a I'm going to advise you never make that comment again. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I, I, I had to say something. But the, the reality is this. I mean, Baker is bottom 10 in the league. I, mean, I, I Really, if I was redrafting quarterbacks, he he doesn't go top. He he, he doesn't go top twenty five in the, in the league. If you tell me right now, I could take Baker. I could take Jameis. I take Jameis. Like I think the reality is, at least I know Jameis has the talent to be able to throw you know thirty plus touchdowns and to be able to make wild throws. Now he may make some bad decisions, but Baker is just not that talented. And I think when when it boils down to it, that's really the the indictment. The indictment is not you know can you know. There, there are some guys that will make mistakes that you'll say you, you watch them play and you'll say, "All right, this this guy should, you know, be better than he is." But the the other part of it is, and you're watching and you're like, "Man, he's just n- not that talented." Um, and, and so when you yeah, take I, I, I have a similar feeling feeling to you on that. But what we saw after o- Odell Beckham went down is that he went 22 of 23 um, with five touchdown passes, and his only incompletion was a spike. So I'm not saying at all. I mean, he always kind of goes off against the Bengals. But let's say he continues to play at a high level with Odell out the lineup. Do you not think that will be an indictment against Odell? No, I think it would be an indictment against Baker. Um, I think one of the things that, that we see, we've see we seen is uh, I think Baker has – like. so here's the thing. If you're, if you're one of these quarterbacks that, that you know, has the ability to, to, to change a franchise, you need to be a big enough leader – to where when you're playing with other star players that you can hold your own without cowering every time they say, oh, we need to pa- I need the ball passed to me or whatever it may be. And I feel like one of the things that we've seen is when you get a situation like uh, Odell Beckham Jr., he forces way too many balls. Like Baker will force way too many balls to him than, than he needed. And I think that's that's something that that is playing out before our eyes now. He, he feels a little bit more comfortable when he's got some receivers where he can spread the ball around. And I'm not telling you that that's, you know, you you don't throw the ball to your best receivers. That's clearly, you know, 
the name of the game. But like, let's be honest. De- DeAndre Hopkins, when when he was with Deshaun, or now that he's with Kyler, like quarterback ratings don't drop when you throw the ball to him. And Baker's quarterback rating has dropped going to OBJ. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that typically he's either being bracketed or he's seeing some kind of double coverage or something along those lines. And if you're one of those quarterbacks and you're not that accurate and you're not that talented, then you're probably going to struggle on some of those throws. And I think that's that's really what we've seen. Uh, but I, but yeah, real, real I, I would agree with I, well, I would agree with that. But I would say one last thing. Um, he does have more interceptions than touchdowns when targeting OBJ. So I mean, I've got to put some of that on OBJ. I agree. One of the things I will say is, I from a Texans fan standpoint, we have um, obviously um, messed up the um, from a talent standpoint. We don't have nearly the talent that we that we should have. Um, based on you know obviously the terrible trades we made, so so here's what I would say: if we have a um, you know an opportunity to get an OBJ, um, I recommend it. I mean, I really would. I think if we could get an OBJ and get him at a fair price, um, I'm all for trying to make that move to see if we can, you know, the the reality is he's probably going to be going for a fourth or a fifth. And if you can, you know, at this point, try to gain some value um, from a guy who has immense potential. And, and you're saying, he, you know, I'm hearing a lot of people talk about, oh, well, it may be two years for his, his normal self. I mean, it, OBJ, we saw him with, a, with a, a pretty bad ankle injury come back really quickly. Uh, and from an ACL, we saw Adrian Peterson tear his ACL the last game of the season and the next year come back and win league MVP and rush for nearly two 2100 yards so i'm we, not telling we you he's gonna bring come up, back we always bring strong. up adrian peterson nobody ever nobody's ever adrian peterson no no i'm not telling you he's gonna be adrian peterson but we, we still gotta remember that's adrian peterson who toured the last game of the season he obj tore two months uh more two months earlier than than adrian peterson and the the reality of it is i'm not saying he's got to come back and be uh he's gonna be 100 percent at the beginning of the season I think by week four of next year, I would expect OBJ to be at least 90, 95% of himself. And I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about a surgery now that's done so, so routinely. Um, and, you know, with a, with a brace on, which may affect, you know, a small brace or sleeve, it may affect his mobility a little bit, but not enough to where I don't think he could still be an elite receiver in the league. All right, let's uh let's talk about these Cowboys real quick, fellas. Um, things are going really bad since Dak um had his injury a few weeks ago. Um, was that just a bad coaching hire? What I mean, what what do we blame for this uh just complete debacle that's going down in uh, Cowboy country? Let's start with you, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean, overall, we're talking about uh a culture of Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones running things and feeling like other people were the problem. When they need to look in the mirror, the problem is Stephen and Jerry Jones. And before I get into how terrible the Cowboys are and all the flaws I have, I'm just going to say I'm a little skeptical at their recent uh, release. I mean, they released Don Terry Poe today um, saying it was due to him being overweight and uh, poor performance. But if anybody noticed, there was only one person on the Cowboys who kneeled during the anthem, and that was Don Terry Poe. So I think it's, you know, quite, 
I don't know, suspicious that that's the guy they decided to let go out of all the players on their team. But nevertheless, uh, I shall digress about um, the Cowboys. I mean, they've got no heart. Nobody on their team plays hard. Um, the effort that you saw from DK Metcalf on that rundown, if you could take that and bottle it up and give it to the Cowboys, they'd probably be a pretty good team. But they're not motivated. And all I heard last year was Jason Garrett's a problem. Jason Garrett doesn't motivate his team. Jason Garrett doesn't have him ready to play. And so we got Mike McCarthy now. Mike McCarthy is a Super Bowl winning head coach. So I want to point this out. Mike McCarthy and Andy Dalton are going to do more for Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott's career in pockets moving forward than anyone ever could have done before. Jason Garrett's going to get another head coaching job purely off of the fact of how bad the Cowboys looked the second he left. Dak Prescott is going to get 42 to $43 million um, from somebody because they're going to say, hey, uh, as soon as Dak went down, the team got absolutely awful. Um, and so I'm not going to put this all on McCarthy. Um, I think, you know, their players are overrated. Um, everybody points out how good their players are. They make business decisions. I saw uh, Jalen Smith not able to tackle uh, – What's the tight end's name that came from Virginia Tech? That used to be the runner, used to be the quarterback for Virginia Tech um, in the open field. I mean, they they look pathetic. Uh, everybody got their money, and now they said, "Hey, we're gonna sit back and chill." So Zeke Elliott doesn't look the same. The offensive line is terrible. They let Andy Dalton get his head taken off uh, and didn't do anything about it. And that tells you all you need to know about that team. They are an embarrassment. Honestly, if you put them on a neutral field right now with the New York Jets, I'm giving I'm taking Jets minus three. All right, Jerry, what do you think about this uh, Cowboy uh, situation going down in uh, Dallas? I mean, I think there's two things I take away from the situation. One, I think there's times when, and, and the, the famous words of Kenny Rogers, you got to know when to hold them. Sometimes you got to know when to fold them. And I think at the end of the day, you hire Mike McCarthy, who couldn't win at the end with Aaron Rodgers. And like, look, we could make the argument about like how, you know, oh, yeah, well, you know, it was, you know, Aaron can be difficult to deal with and, and whatever it may be. But let's be honest. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Matt LaFleur, I think, is a, is a good coach. Do I think Matt LaFleur is a, you know, I'm going to change the world kind of coach? No. And as soon as Matt LaFleur got there, they won. And I think what you're seeing is, is a, a team that has – um, a bad head coach, a terrible defensive coordinator, and Nolan. Because Nolan's only time Nolan was ever good as a core as, as a defensive coordinator was when his best player was Ray Lewis. And I'm not, you know, being hyperbolic when I say I'm pretty sure if Ray Lewis is my best player, I would look great as a defensive coordinator. So I, I think we have to look at it and say, all right, is it you know, do are they overvalued from a player standpoint? Sure. Um, there's some guys on that team on that roster who who are, are getting Pro Bowl status and, and, and different things based on, you know, the fact that they are Dallas Cowboys. But with that being said, we can't sit here and, and lie and act like the scheming is not terrible. They get down every game. And I, one of the things one of the, that you'll see when you, you see bad, a, a poorly coached team is this. Teams that are poorly coached usually start slowly because as the game, you know, and, and typically if you're if you're looking at younger teams, um, there are 
a lot of younger teams that have this. They will uh, younger coaches. I'm sorry, not teams. Younger coaches will start well if they're good, and then once they start well, they don't make great adjustments. So they struggle versus veteran coaches. But then what you'll see is, as time goes along, um, those young coaches will figure it out. They'll make the adjustments as we see. But bad coaches, they just start slowly. If you look at the Texans under Bill O'Brien, they only had one drive where Deshaun scored a first a first drive touchdown in his entire career with Bill O'Brien. And in comparison, the, the you know you you looked at any of the other quarterbacks in the league, they, I think they were last. And but in points per game, Deshaun his teams have we've been top ten in the league. And why is that? Because as the game goes along, and it doesn't, it's not about hey what kind of plays are scripted and what can I do off of these scripts, then I can they, the, the teams play well. If you're looking at those teams right now, they're playing poorly, and they're playing poorly to start games. And that's a sign, that's indicative of a team that's just poorly coached. And I don't think that's something that can be fixed until you just make the decision to J- say, look, Jared, do you, do you we not made see the wrong hire. Do you not see the lack of effort that they have um, on the field? I mean – I, I can look at the players and tell that the players just aren't playing hard. And I can't put that on the coaching. They didn't play hard under Jason Garrett. They're not playing hard now. I mean, the, the Marcus Lawrence to me has looked terrible, which is why I was shocked the other day when I saw he was tied for fourth in the league as far as quarterback pressures at 23. Um, but I don't know where, where those pressures are coming from. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the Cowboys just look awful, and they look like they're not playing hard. And I don't think effort is something you can put on the coach. That's got to be come from the players. Do I do I think that's uh, is that something I've seen that yeah they, they haven't played with with a lot of let's just say enthusiasm sure and I, I I'm not blaming the players a hundred percent for it but what I'm what I'm going to say is this a lot of times when you have bad coaching it can infect the locker room and you got you ha- you have guys who maybe they could play better but they don't feel like it they don't care and why do they not care because they know that at the end of the day, that coach is not going to put them in the best position to be successful. And that's that's an indictment on the coach. But, but um, have you thought about maybe it's uh, – have you thought about maybe is that the general manager and the owner didn't get high-quality players or high-quality characters, and that's why they're but, not playing very well? Like at some point, do we, do we, do we have to start asking about the – if we change the – if we change the uh, – if we talked about, man, Dak has all this talent around him and, you know, he's just – I mean, they're nine and seven, and they, you know they got the Super Bowl talent. And then second Dak gets hurt, they're absolutely terrible. And with a with a decent was terrible before Dak. Um, you know, I feel like Dak was kind of like their identity. Yeah, Dak is their identity. He's their leader. And when second <laughs> Dak stopped stopped playing, they they stopped trying. Well, well, one, there's two things. Dak's really good. I take nothing away from Dak, but I think what you have to realize is is there's a reason why the Bengals got the number one pick in the draft with Andy Dalton as their starting quarterback. Uh, and it's not because Andy Dalton was helping them to win a lot of games. Um, and then the second, the second thing you got to look at is this. Mm-hmm. If I have, if I have a lot of talent, one of the, one of the things that is underrated in the league is this, when you have great talent, when you have young, cheap, great talent, the idea is to win before you have to pay them, and that's why if you're gonna try to build a a, a, a you know a 
dynasty in the NFL, you typically need to start while the quarterback's on a rookie contract or while they're on a reasonable contract, unless you have young talent all around them. If you have young talent in other places, you're good. What the Cowboys did is they hit on a lot of draft picks. And that's one of the things you can't deny about Jerry Jones and about Stephen Jones. You can say, what about the talent? They've hit on a lot of draft picks. Um, The problem is this. Then they had to pay all those draft picks. And one of the things that Bill Belichick does is when he realizes he's going to have to pay a lot of these guys, he trades them while they have value and he continues to add talent at cheaper prices. He will pay for a corner. He will pay for, you know, an offensive lineman. He doesn't pay for a lot of other positions. And you look at the, the, we tell you what he would have done though. This is what he would have done though. Belichick, not only he trades some players, but what he also does is he will redo their contract three years before that contract is up and get him on a super cheap deal. He did it with Gronk. He did it with Brady. He's done it with a lot of players. And what he would not do is let Dak get to a point to where his contract's out and then say, hey, do you want to take a discount now? No, it's too late to take a discount. He would have waited. He would have seen Dak after that first year where they went 13 and three. And then the next year where they were like nine and seven, he would have said, hey, the market's right now. Dak's a little better than you look this year. Why don't I give him a reasonable deal right now? And we're going to get him locked up for five years. And you would have been like, oh, man, Dak's making 20 million a year. That looks awesome. But, I mean, that's, that's how Bill Belichick would have done it. Right. But here, here's the problem, though. When you pay guys early, you will fall some. And, and I'm not telling you, Bill doesn't do that a lot, but Texans hurried up and paid uh, our, our, our linebacker, uh, Zach Cunningham, after last year he led the NFL in tackles. This year he's been a disaster. Cowboys hurried up and paid Jalen Smith two years early. Jalen Smith has been a disaster right now. So I, I, and, and they, the, here, here's the last part. If you look at the homegrown players from the Cowboys, and I'm going to throw Amari Cooper in there because he was traded for a first-rounder, so they, he's somewhat homegrown because he got there, I think, third year, middle of the third year. Um, let's just be point point blank honest about it. If you look at that that roster and say, all right, where Tyron Smith was a hit, they had to pay him high, as the highest paid left tackle in football. Um, you had um, Zach Martin who who was excellent, but then you had to pay him as the top uh, guard in in football. Um, you had um, what's my guy's name? Uh. Travis What's Frederick. The other, Tra- Travis Frederick, who they hit on. Um, you had um, Lyle Collins. Lyle Collins, I'm trying to think from LSU, who they hit on. That that's just the offensive line. You had Zeke, you hit on. You hit Dak, you hit on Dak in the fourth round. You hit Amari uh, Cooper, Michael Gallup. You're about to have to pay. Byron Did you really Jones hit on Zeke though? Like I think Zeke is good, but Zeke was not worth the fourth the, the fourth overall pick. You don't draft a, four, a quarterback with fourth overall pick. That's a bad pick. They could have Jalen Ramsey no, no, or somebody I, else. You look at CD Lamb was a bad pick. Like they, Jim, I, I disagree. Here, here's when you look at Zeke. Zeke led the league in rushing two of his first three years, and the year he didn't, he he got suspended six games, and he led the league in, in rushing yards per game. I'm not telling you they should have dropped him fourth, but he's a player that, for you could argue, was the best best running back in football. They he wasn't a bust. Um, the now, he was not a buzz, but you could home. argue he was just in the best situation out of any running back in football. You could. Uh, all I'll say is this. When you have all these players that you make good picks on, which is great, that boils down to you got to pay them. And then they paid all these guys, and they let some guys go that I don't think they should have. I thought Byron Jones was, was more critical for their, for their roster because of how bad their secondary was outside of him. 
than keeping even a Zeke Elliott. Um, so I think those those roster moves have haunted them. I think that's really what the issue is. Uh, I think I think and, I, and I'll let I'll let this go. But the, I think the the one thing we'll say to show you how bad the Cowboys are actually run and why they make bad decisions. Jerry Jones tells a story about him being on their yacht doing their draft this year, and he sat beside his grandson, and his grandson said, "You got to draft this guy, C.D. Lamb, when he was still on the board when they had the pick." And he said, his friend, uh, his last name was Lamb. He played football with him in Arkansas. I can't think of his name. Was one of his best friends, and he had just died. He thought that was a sign that he should draft C.D. Lamb. So he had never seen C.D. Lamb actually play and drafted C.D. Lamb when they needed defense. That tells you what the Cowboys are about. They drafted, I mean, if you look at them, they haven't had a good safety since Darren Woodson, and they haven't drafted a safety probably since Darren Woodson. You look at their 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 team. They drafted a good. They drafted a couple of linebackers, but as far as defensive talent on the front on the front line, Gerald McCoy, Dan Terry Poe. I mean, these guys were free for a reason. Everson Griffith were free free for a reason. Uh, I mean, they're, they're going after Alden Smith. Alden Smith's been really good though. Alden Smith's been really good. Yeah, though. but they're basically just taking just taking chances. Like their 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 front line picks are Ceedee Lamb and and Zeke Elliott. Like you like you don't draft. Uh, a, a running back in, with the top of the draft. Look at all the people who have been drafted top. Um, Zeke, uh, Saquon, who uh, who hasn't made him live up, live up to, to it this far. I think uh, Chris McCaffrey has been the best out of all of them so far. Um, he's Nick right now. Um, Fournette. But then you start to look at the guys who were drafted second or third round, and you get to, you know, Kamara and Dalvin Cook. And I mean, you can go on down. You can go down to James Conner, and I mean, it's, it's just as many good running backs are coming out later in the draft, and they're almost just as consistent. So um, that's a waste of draft picks. And I mean, the Cowboys are going to be bad for a very, very long time. Um, just for you Cowboy fans out there, you're in for a long one. All right, you guys talked to had a lot to say about the Cowboys. Let's uh, <laughs> let's jump into some of these bets. Uh, let's see. Jared was down two hundred dollars for the week. He's even for the year. And Jay Deasy is down six hundred dollars for the week, and for and for the year because he was even last week. Wow, um, rough week, Jeremy. What 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 happened, man? You 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 you're not in the positive anymore. You're down six hundred. What's going on, man? Yeah, I'm about to turn negative to positive, and it's all good, baby, baby, baby. huh? Um, yeah. So last week, what was man, that? Was it, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what happened. Uh, I think it was technical difficulties. Yeah, last week it was a, a rough week for me, man. There were some some games that I I'll be 100 percent honest on. Going into last week, I was not I did I thought all the lines were pretty crazy, and I I wasn't very confident on a lot of the picks. Um, but uh, you know, there's a few things went against my way. So this this is go down the list. For one, um, I looked at the uh, which game was that? The Patriots. I looked at the Patriots and said, "Oh man, I think they'll be able to scheme up a defense in order to stop the Patriots. Just in order, in order to stop the 49ers. I thought that first week back was just Cam, you know, not being himself. I didn't realize the Patriots are actually terrible. Um, if you look at that first game against Seattle, Seattle struggled with a lot of terrible teams, um, and they just played close games with everybody. I mean, they played a close game with the Cowboys, so I shouldn't have taken that as indication that the Patriots are good. And in the first week, the Dolphins might not have been that good yet. So." Uh, I didn't see that one. I lost that one. I bet Chiefs. Uh, that's the one I won. So that one went well. I said about Seattle. I said I think Seattle will win this game, 
by four points, and the line was three and a half. I said Seattle always plays every game close. I hope they're able to hold on to it, but I figured they would score a touchdown to be up four instead of being up three. Um, if they don't get a pass interference call, they probably do that. If Russell Wilson plays decent, um, they probably cover. And so that was another one I lost. Um, I looked at the Bears and said, hey, I think the Bears could shut down the Rams and put up enough points to win that game because I don't believe in the Bear, in the in the Rams. Um, and they did pretty much shut down the, the, the Rams for the most part, but I didn't realize how pedestrian their offense would be. But I did tell you, and the thing I told you about that game was, I said, look, the Bears, uh, if, if I was going to bet this game for real, the line I would bet would be the under because neither team is going to be able to score a lot of points. And the under at 44 is a lock. They scored 34 points. That's the line that you should have bet if you did listen to me. That is, I did say that on the podcast. And lastly, the game that I was completely wrong on, I said the, the Las Vegas Raiders plus four points would be able to hold it up against the Buccaneers. They looked like they were going to hold up for the first three and a half quarters, and then the, the levy broke. But looking at it and, and you know, after the game happened or, or, or after the week, I didn't anticipate their best tackle would be out of the game with COVID. And then because all the, all the offensive linemen had their uh, monitors turned off for, you know, how close you were in proximity to somebody, they had to all be on COVID watch. So basically they didn't practice with any offensive line the entire week and got notifications on Sunday that they were playing. And John Gruden said himself, until Sunday morning, he thought the game was going to be postponed. So um, had I known that, I would not have picked the Raiders. That sounds like a lot of excuses to me, but uh, Jared, man, how you feeling about being up two hundred dollars? What? I'm sorry, Jared, you were down two hundred dollars for the week, even for the year. So you guys collectively were down almost a thousand bucks, man. How are you guys gonna gonna bring that I'm, back? The, this the, week? the funny, the funny thing is, is the only picks I was right on is ones I told Jared. Jared, I don't like that pick. <laughs> I should have just picked the ones I told Jared I didn't like. Right, <laughs> Jared. I mean, I think here, here's the reality. Um. I got screwed by one pick, and that pick was I picked the Falcons. Outside of the Falcons pick, I um, I was pretty automatic. I'm not going to lie. Uh, if you look at it, um, I started off, I had such good momentum. I, I said, all right, the first game I was going with was, I said, the lock of the year, Texans weren't going to cover versus the Packers because our defense is awful. If you watch that game, what made it even worse is Phillip Gaines, who is the worst cornerback in the NFL, bar none. Um, he's our like fifth string corner, but Bradley Roby got hurt like maybe five plays into the game. And of course, once he gets hurt, Philip Gaines is guarding Devontae Adams and Devontae Adams basically just scores at will. Uh, and then after that happens, um, they score on the first drive and I think they score on the second drive and they, you know, they just ran the score up. So that one was a cover. So I was like, all right, I at least covered that one. And then, um, you know, looking at the, the, Next game I had, which I, I felt really – the Falcons game I felt really, really good about because I was like, all right, they should be able to at least cover the two-and-a-half. They were playing really well, and that play the, – the the Falcons had a six-point lead going into the final play of the game. And in Atlanta fashion, because we should have been World Series champions this year as well as you know we talked about last week. Uh, let's not talk about it. But in Atlanta fa- fashion – they blow a freaking six-point lead in the final play of the game to blow that one. So that put me at one and one. Um, the other game that I felt really good about, um, 
on that slate was I said the Steelers were getting a point. I said the Steelers should have beaten the Titans, um, and they did. Um, so then I was 2-1, and one, and then it came down to um, the Bears. Nick Foles missed – Nick Foles had at least three wide-open um, targets down the field where he could have made throws and, and, and made that a real game. Um, and, of course, he didn't because why would he? Um, and then the other game that I missed on was uh, the Patriots as well. Um, so minus 200 for the week, even for the season. Um, if you were actually betting all my picks, I'd have you down a little bit right now because of the fact that there's the juice from the actual dealer. So my, my bad on that one. But look, if you look at the last three weeks, I'm hitting a 67%. Um, this week, you know, if the Falcons don't blow a freaking, you know, a lead in the last second, then I would have, um, been over 500. And so I, I can't be too upset about it and just bounce back this week. All right. Um, you guys want to go really quickly through your picks this week? Sure. I mean, um, l- let's kick this thing off. I'm going to go Thursday night. I'm tired of betting the Falcons. You know why? Because they lose me money. And I'm not a fan of teams that lose me money. So I'm going to take the Panthers Thursday night minus two and a half points at home versus the Falcons to cover the spread. Book that. Next. Um I'm, this is probably going to be surprising. I'm going to take the Dolphins to cover three and a half points versus the Rams. Um, it's Tua's first start, which is obviously um, – I, I think he's going to play really well. Um, my my main thought process, everybody was like, oh, how in the world are they going to go away from Ryan Fitzpatrick? And one, I think it's the right decision. But two, um, you don't make that decision unless you've been watching Tua in practice and Tua's looked extremely uh, impressive. And so my thought process at this point is, Tua's probably going to come out here, light everybody up like he did in college, like he's done basically every other place he's been. And I expect him to play really, really well. And the it's it's an early 1 o'clock start. It's a um, 1 o'clock start for a West Coast team, which makes it you know like they're playing a 10 a.m. game, which is really tough for a lot of those teams to deal with. So I'm going to go um, and just book the, the, the Dolphins to win straight up, but they're getting three and a half points, so I'll take that. I'm going to take the Steelers plus three and a half versus the Ravens. Uh, do I think the Ravens will probably win the game? Probably. Um, Steelers, they're not going undefeated. You're, there are some of these games you're going to have to lose. So I, I think that's probably a game they, they lose. But uh, there's too many points. If you're giving me three and a half, I'm going to take the three and a half and um, you know expect that, hey, it's going to be a close scoring game. Maybe Lamar pulls it out late. But to be honest, the Ravens haven't looked great recently. Um, they almost choked the game to the Eagles where they had like a 25-point lead and then, um, you know, played terrible down the stretch. Um, the last two games, and these are going to be uh, two of my, my actual specialties. Um, I'm going to go with the um, Raiders are getting two and a half points versus the Browns. Me and Jeremy talked about this earlier today. Um, I, don't, I don't get why the Raiders are getting points versus the Browns. Um, I don't think the Browns are very good at all. Um, so go ahead and book me with the Raiders plus two and a half, even though that game is in Cleveland. And then I'm going to take the chiefs minus 19 and a half points versus the jets. Look, the jets are awful. And I'm not just saying like awful, like, Oh yeah, they're just a bad team this year. The jets might be the worst team in the history of the league. Um, Dan Orlovsky was on the, Mm, they're not, they're not worse than the Cowboys this year. No, 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 they're, they're, they're sizably worse. Um, I, here, here's, here's the reality. Uh, Dan Orlovsky talked about it. Uh, you know, he was on that 0-16 uh, 
the 0-16 Lions team, and he said he said that we would have beaten this Jets team by by uh, by ten, by double digits. Like I, I'm not sure he's he's wrong. Adam Gase Jer- might be. Jer- the, they just lost by eight points to the to the to the Bills last week. But Jeremy, have you seen how bad the Bills have played recently? Um, I, 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 that game wasn't a it wasn't a how good the Jets play. You're looking at a team that has a 37 year old starting running back who has no wide receiver at all outside of Jameson Crowder, who really is a number three receiver on a decent team. Uh, they have a bad offensive line. Sam Darnold is completing 58% of his passes, and I don't even blame him. I think it's more because Adam Gase is the worst offensive coach in football now that Bill O'Brien's fired. Adam Gase, since he took over, is last in every offensive statistic. And even when you go back to his coordinator days, if you, when you look at, at Adam Gase as a coordinator in Chicago, as a coordinator, since he left Peyton Manning in Denver, uh, his teams have ranked bottom three in the league offensive statistics, and he somehow continues to get jobs. So uh, I'm going to take the, the Kansas City Chiefs to score at minimum 40 points. Uh, and, and I don't think the Jets are scoring more than seven. I'm going to go probably 45 to – I'll go 45 to 10. I'll say they get a late field goal uh, and go 45 to 10. Book it. Hmm. Interesting. So I'll go through my picks for the week. First off, with your Thursday night game, I wanted to bet the Panthers, but I don't trust the Falcons either way. The Falcons could win the game. The Falcons could choke it. Who knows? It's the Falcons. So I'm not touching that one. But um, games I am going to actually touch this week, um, I'm going to go Packers minus seven against the Vikings. I know it's a divisional game. They're playing at home. Um, Kirk Cousins is terrible. I'll I'll give you a bump. That line right now, ESPN is, is six and a half. So take the six and a okay. half. I'll take the six and a half. All right, cool. Sounds good. So I'm taking that one. Uh, I am actually going to agree with you on the uh, on the Raiders. They're plus two and a half. Um, I would like to see um, see what the Browns are going to look like without o- Odell for the whole game. Uh, likely it's going to be terrible. Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs minus 19 and a half. Um, that's a big line. Honestly, I'd probably te- I'd probably tease it down if I were you guys. But yeah, I think they'll still cover it because the Jets are that bad. Uh, like you, um, I like that Dolphins line, but I just don't trust it in Tua's first start. So I'm going to go Saints minus four and a half um, at Bears. Um, right now, it looks like Allen Robinson in, in uh, concussion protocol. Whenever somebody goes into late um, concussion protocol, which he did today, finally went in. Uh, late setting symptoms. Generally, um, they are not going to play that game. The only way I was listening to a doctor talk about this, whenever someone gets late concussion symptoms um, more than a day after the game, the only way they're able to come back is if it's eventually determined to have been um, just a headache or something like that and not an actual concussion. If there's an, if they're determined it's an actual concussion, he's going to miss the game. So it's doubtful that Allen Robinson is going to play and they really don't have any other weapons outside of him. Anthony um, Miller's really good, though. And the kid, the, the rookie that they have. Um, oh, the pass kid? Yeah. The, the guy that kept getting open and Nick Bowles kept missing him? Um, I swear. I was sitting there and I was like, <laughs> how do they find these guys in the fifth round? If, if Now, I don't want to make everything about Deshaun Watson as I usually do. But the reality is this. I was sitting watching the game and I was like, we, we, we can't just have – we can't have him miss all. But your problem, but Jared, Jared. First off, let's go. Deshaun's problem is not wide receivers. His problem is he needs a defense around him. They don't need to draft another wide receiver. But, um, but in the fifth round, we wouldn't have to uh, be paying uh, Brandon Cooks eighteen million a year. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, and lastly, the last game I'm going to pick is going to be the Giants plus 10 and a half uh, at home against the Buccaneers. Look, uh, I know you guys are going to say I'm a Buccaneers hater. Um, and this really doesn't have much to do with the Buccaneers. The Giants just play everybody, seem to play everybody pretty close. If you look at their games, outside of the game, they played against the 49ers in week three. I mean, they played the Steelers and lost by 10, played the Bears, lost by four, played the Rams, lost by eight, Cowboys lost by three, beat the Washington, lost by one last week. They've got a really actually a solid defense, and and they, they st- tend to stay in games. Um, and if the line was nine and a half, I tell you, yeah, don't touch it. Um, but at 10 and a half, I think they'll be able to cover. However, I did notice, I don't know if anyone else noticed this, there was a lot of stat padding going on in the last couple drives for the Buccaneers when the game was out of reach. So they might, I think they're trying to work Brady into that MVP argument. I think his last two touchdowns were thrown when the game was clearly out of reach and they were still, you know, going bombs away up the field um, with, you know, four minutes left in the game. So uh, they could, you know, be a late, late minute uh, ruin of that line. Padding but, stats in that aspects not the same as the guys clearing for Russell Westbrook to get to get the rebound they still have to snap the ball he still has to actually throw a touchdown it's not it's not really stat padding I, 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 eh, yeah I would agree with that to, to a certain extent but it's still one of those things of hey if you intercept Derek Derek Carr and the ball gets run back to the 10 and it's four minutes ago most teams are probably just going to run the ball um, throwing a touchdown pass. <laughs> well, well, Jeremy, here, here's why I would tell you that's a terrible bet. Um, one of the things about Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones has one of the highest turnover rates in the history of the league. Um, he turns the ball over at such an astronomical rate that it's just it's not feasible to keep to, to expect, especially in a blitz environment. You remember last year when they played versus the Patriots and Tom Brady and I tell Bill Belichick played covers a zero so much of the time and, and he had no idea what was going on. He just kept throwing the ball to the other team. I think this with that defense, that can easily and and I mean easily be a game where they have I don't know, four turnovers from Daniel Jones and um I do like their defense, but I, I just don't believe Daniel Jones in that kind of environment is going to be suited to actually play well. So, um, um, it, it's Brady going to exercise his, his New York Giants demons. So we'll see how it goes. Uh-huh. All righty. Um, any parting thoughts before we get up out of here, guys? Well, I do want to say one thing about uh, con- congratulations to the city of champions. The um, you know we we got. LA has won another championship. Um, we got. When I say we got, I mean because of the Lakers. Um, oh. But the the reality is this: Tampa Bay, your your coach choked away a championship. Because let's think about this. Like, yeah, let's not say he choked away a championship. Maybe he choked away a game. But well, this they, is, they, they, this, they weren't beating Walker Bueller in Game Seven, regardless. Maybe not. But here's the thing: you got your starter, your ace. And he is pitching the game of his life. I mean, let's be point point blank honest. He has given up. If he had one hit, he he had two hard hit balls all game, and he had no runs. He's pitching a shutout. He's at five and a third innings. And what do you do? You're like, you know what? Let's take him out and put the backup in. Why? In the World Series. In the World Series. Anytime, anytime I'm gonna make sure your arm is is 
you know, working and, you know, I'm not going to lay off and let you pitch out, like, it's going to be in the World Series. And, but, not, but even if – even the World Series, if it's game – if it's game four or game five and I'm going, hey, maybe I can get another start out of him, maybe. It's game six. He's not playing again for the rest of the year. Like, you you know that for sure. You can't pitch in game six and then pitch again in game seven. You might as well let him spin the tank. Yeah, and, and here's the reality of the situation. You, you, have, you have him who's pitching. He's pitching so well. And here's the frustrating part about it is you're looking at a situation to where – uh, and, and Nick Wright said this earlier today, and I agree. And I feel like this Madden, and this is one of the things that we've seen happen now. Um, it, a lot of coaches are taking a lot of strategies that people use in Madden, per se, per se, and they're using them in their analytic thought processes because here's the thing. If I was the other team, what would I not want you to do? And I guarantee you, if you ask Dave Roberts from the, from the Dodgers, Hey, what's the last thing you want him to do? Or what, what's the what, what's not the last thing? What would you want them to do? He would have been like, yeah, I would want them to take out that starting pitcher who we're, we're we have our our three best hitters coming up, and all three of them have struck out twice this game versus him. Like the 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 thought process for Dave Roberts wouldn't be, you know what? We would love to see this guy again who's been striking everybody out, who's pitched five innings and has nine strikeouts. That's the guy we want to face. And I think the thing that tells the most about it is Mookie Betts at the end of the game, they asked him about it, and they said, what are your thoughts about uh, about them taking out Blake Snell? And he said he said something to the effect of, hey, look, man, they did what they did, but I ain't mad at him. Like, it's- <laughs> there was a report saying that as soon as he is, they hand, he handed the ball off, Mookie Betts looked at, uh, at one of the other guys and smiled. <laughs> <laughs> no, he probably looked like Kyler Murray as soon as he, they tricked DeAndre uh, to get DeAndre Hopkins open. You didn't see that Seahawks game. DeAndre, there was a play where the Cardinals faked like they were they didn't know what was going on in the offensive line. Nobody really moved, and then DeAndre like stacks the wide receiver, and then they show a, a quick picture of Kyler and Kyler smiling like he knows like oh yeah y'all effed up. I'm sure Mookie Betts was looking like. All right, let's bring in the guy who has the Major League Baseball record for most consecutive postseason games with allowing at least one run. Yeah, I mean, I, I will. I would agree with that. It was a dumb move. Um, first off, uh, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Kobe Bryant for inspiring teams in L.A. to win championships that would have never won without him dying. So shout-out to Kobe. Um, secondly, I want to point out uh, – I was just messing with Jared because Jared's a LeBron fan, so I was giving the credit to Kobe. Um, I'm, I'm following that. that. <laughs> it was weird. Um, but uh, honestly, I want to give credit to Mookie Betts, the second-best player in baseball behind only Mike Trout, and my Red Sox traded him away because they didn't want to pay him. This is what you get. This is Mookie Betts. Even when he wasn't batting well against Atlanta, he was making a play in the field every single game. Last night he had a, a home run that pretty much made you feel like the series was over. And he's 28 years old. I mean, this is such a dumb, dumb trade. Dave Roberts said after the game that that the reason why they won this year is because they have Mookie Betts. And he said, had they had Mookie Betts instead of the Red Sox, when we played when the Red Sox played them in the World Series in 2018, that they would have won that World Series as well. I would tend to agree. Red Sox, what are you doing? Congratulations to the Dodgers. Hey, Jerry, Jerry real, real quick. Yeah. I do want to say this. Your team did the same thing twice because 
you guys traded away Mookie Betts, and that's your baseball team. And you can make the same argument about Anthony Davis and the Lakers, and your Pelicans traded him away too. <laughs> you weren't well, doing that. Well, here's here's the thing about uh, that trade. I mean, you had to. He had to. You didn't have to trade away Mookie Betts, but you, the the Pelicans. Yeah, yeah. Him. I mean, first of all, I don't. I, I think Anthony Davis is great. I don't think he's Mookie Betts. Um, and oh, the wow. reason why, and and the and the thing I Jared. So so he's he's as good as Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is gonna. He's at least, might be the second best player in the league. Um, maybe this year with everybody injured, Mookie Betts has been a top two player in baseball for the last five years. Mm. He's won like what two MVPs? Um, <laughs> but like Mookie's awesome, and I take I take nothing away from Mookie. Um, and I, I he he's an excellent player. I don't know if Mookie's more talented than Anthony Davis. That's a different argument for a different day. Yeah, but I, I I'll say this: the Red Sox got back maybe some prospects. They didn't get back a Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram going more Pel- more titles for the Pelicans than Anthony Davis went for the Lakers. But that's t- topic for another day. Yeah, well, all right. Um, as always, we appreciate you guys for tuning in to us for another week. Um, not really much going on. I know it's going to be some some college football games this week, and obviously some NFL. But um, we appreciate you guys. Make sure you like us. Uh, go go visit our uh, Instagram posts. Amiibos underscore podcast, and we will see you guys next week. And vote. (laughs) Yeah, and go vote.